0: Say I'm all in on Valtteri Poussin, and it's hard to get all in on a prospect who's five feet nine and doesn't have, you know, Connor Sherry speed. I'll tell you what, he's still my dude when it comes to the younger players. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates, where you've found this. The prospect pool in this organization, as has often been discussed on this program, is not exactly one that has you planning future parades. Certainly not post-SID parades. There's not a lot there. For the most part, the list is made up of guys who are borderline supporting types if they make it. If they don't make it, nobody would really shed a whole lot of tears. You know what I'm talking about? It's a whole lot of Sam Poulin, Nathan Legere. Maybe I could even throw P.O. Joseph into that since it's taken him so long to stick in the NHL. Toss in a European goaltender or two, and that's basically the group that you got. But I'm going to keep, Telling you this story from development camp a couple of years ago, pretty much peak pandemic. And the least enticing array of prospects I've ever seen in the camp scrimmage setting is out on the ice at Cranberry. And other than the fact that I was excited just to be covering hockey and where there with all masks and everything spread 900 feet apart and everything else, I was just happy to, you know, see some action and to see it right there in the arena. And these kids couldn't make plays to save their lives. There was virtually no creativity on the rink not much either in the way of physical tools that would get you excited like somebody that would be super fast or something like that where you go hey keep an eye on this guy he can really fly or this guy's got a super shot or whatever none of that was really going on okay through the whole thing get the scrimmage starts it's just it's not interesting in fact i'm sitting up there in the press area just pretty much losing interest and i would never done that at one of these things before i really enjoy the development camps And then this one kid, and only one, was making pretty much every play. When the puck came to him, A, it came with a little bit of a magnet to it, and I think you know what I'm talking about. He was working on his off wing at times. He's a right-hand shot, but he was moving on the left side, and he was facing the middle of the rink. He was not shy about working the middle of the rink whether it was skating there or whether it was getting a puck there and he would do so reliably and he was doing so at a level that to be honest with you was a little bit insulting to him okay not to him personally i'm just creating a characterization here he was well above what was going on there he himself to repeat was not eye-popping but he wasn't a fit for this scene and that's where I have my hopes up for Pustinan this coming winter. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit Pittsburgh food Bank. Here Eric Pustin and Stats in the American League last year. 72 games in Wilkes-Barre, 20 goals, 22 assists. Sounds pretty nice. Made that one appearance in the NHL. And I know you remembered because I know you were stoked about it as well. Not that when he came up, but with the way he showed. He was a participant in a key even strength goal. Really nice pass to spring the play through the neutral zone. And found a way to get to the net on a regular basis. Uh, One time going to the net and cutting a path that allowed Mark Friedman to come in behind him and score a pretty nice goal himself. Didn't get a point on it, but again, was a pretty pivotal factor there, to say the least. Also kind of backed up butt first into the net a lot, which I thought was an interesting trait for a dude who's got his stature. And overall, remember, this is the one thing that most often keeps Mike Sullivan from playing younger players. He was responsible. When he got the puck, he didn't do something dumb with it. Have you ever heard, and this is common, maybe more common in other sports than it is in hockey, of sports people talking about a player who actually works better at a higher level than in the lower levels? I'm going to give you an example here from basketball. If you've got a younger guy who is a great point guard, who sees the court, who sees where all his teammates are, who sees the play developing before the ball goes anywhere near the hoop, that player is never going to be able to show you everything that he can do until he's surrounded by superior players. You follow me here? He's going to make a great pass that goes to nobody, and his coach is going to look at him there from courtside and go, what are you doing? And he's going to say, you don't understand. There was a great play to be had there. I just needed a great player at the other end of my bounce pass. So said player makes it to the NBA, and all of a sudden, you know, he looks like, whoa, this kid, he's, he's really gotten good all of a sudden. No, he didn't get good all of a sudden. He just got surrounded by people who were of comparable skill sets. Now again, this is the second time I'm going to emphasize this, I'm not making more of Pustin and than what's there, but I can tell you unequivocally that he's going to be a better player, a more impactful player in Pittsburgh than he's been in Wilkes-Barre, including possibly from the production standpoint. I'm not going to say he's a 20-goal guy in the NHL because he got those numbers, a lot of them, on the power play down there and everything else. He's somebody who's going to fit comfortably, I feel, in a five-on-five role, possibly staying on the bottom six. I don't know that he has another level there in that regard. But this strikes me as a hockey player who, if given the right fit or fits, depending on whether or not he's got one complementary linemate or two, can really help this hockey team like right away i mean right away and i don't say that lightly about anyone in this system i'd really like to see this kid get a chance you're going to hear from comes from Tyler Orchowski, who says, DK, I've been waiting and expecting Teddy Bluger to be the third-line center for a while, with Jeff Carter sliding to right wing and being an alternative for right-handed face-offs. Last year, with Brian Boyle, I thought we had the guy to play 4C, and this year, I'm not so sure. Drew O'Connor's listed as a center, but I think they see him as a winger. Who else can do it? You know... Tyler, I'd like to put O'Connor onto my center depth chart. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I I haven't seen from him the polish, the detail, the level of experience that you need to get a lot of stuff done at that position. It's not just draws. Uh, There's a lot that goes into it. I see O'Connor way more as – That big, strong, fast, aggressive kid who gets in on your forecheck and has an opportunity to own that forecheck. You know what I'm talking about now as I described it that way, right? You can picture it. Uh, He'll just get real big and go flying into the zone and just eat people up. Uh, That's very, very valuable in the Mike Sullivan system, and I'd be both surprised and disappointed If that option were taken away from him at center, you're not doing that. You're just not. It's not responsible. As for Teddy at the third line, you know, I know you're referring to yesterday's episode in which I was trying to find at least the concept of the right complement of wingers to put around him because Teddy's not a solo artist. As I discussed yesterday, he needs to have, you know, bass and drums and maybe even some lead guitar. But to look at this first from the negative standpoint, I don't want Carter doing it. I, I like what you had to say, which is that, you know, if Carter can come in on right handed draws and take care of business that way, that's fine. But if you look at Carter's advanced analytics, uh, you don't need to be some deep dive expert to know that he's a possession suck. He has not been good in any regard, particularly when it comes to his defensive responsibilities. I don't know why. I look at him and my eyes don't necessarily tell me that. I don't see a lack of effort. But then when you get into closer inspection and you slow things down and you freeze frame stuff, you see that there was just a general drag to his play. And that you did see with your own eyes over the last couple of months. Maybe he was hurt. Maybe he just got older. When you're older, as a professional athlete, the end comes abruptly. The Penguins can only hope that it was some kind of injury or other thing that hit him related to fatigue, but it wasn't pretty. And it's hardly a situation where at his age, I'd feel obligated to put him at center or to have him in some sort of prominent role on the team, at least not until he shows that whatever that was, was an aberration. So a lot of this stuff is going to become a lot clearer, obviously, in less than a month when training camp opens. That's when we're going to have answers to injuries, conditioning, and other elements that come into this. But if you're asking right now, like this, for a spot answer as to who else might be depth centers on this team yeah Yeah, I, i just don't have one for you right now you know let's see how it all plays out i appreciate the question i appreciate everyone listening to daily shot of penguins we'll do another one tomorrow